0: Hallelujah, I've had a wonderful time this far, been here about six days now, and the weather is extremely beautiful in Florida at this time of the year, and so it's definitely an improvement over what it is in Gary at this point. I believe it's about 28 degrees today, spitting a little bit of snow, but there's people that are getting ready right now, and they're coming to the house of the Lord, and they're going to have church up there, and we're going to have church down here, Amen. Praise God, Thank, thankful for the hospitality and all the kindness that everyone has shown me. Are you ready for a little word today? Yes. Grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of John, chapter number 4. Very familiar passage of scripture here, but I'd like to, to dive into this today and see what the Lord would have us to hear. John chapter 4, we'll begin reading with verse number 19. John chapter 4, verse number 19, we'll read through verse 26. If you're there, say men, And the Bible says, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. This speaking, of course, of Jesus Christ. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Ye worship, ye know not what. It's important to know and to understand what we're worshiping. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that the Messiah is come, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto Thee am He. He already said, you worship, you know not what. And then he gives her a revelation of who he is, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ. Now turn with me to the book of James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2, verse number 18. James chapter number 2, verse number 18. And the Bible says, yea, a man say that thou hast faith. Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I want to talk on this subject this morning. I choose to be a worshiper. I choose to be a worshiper. Put down your Bibles, and one more time, let's ask the Lord for His help, His direction, and His anointing in this place this morning. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of the praise and worthy of the glory. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would move in this house. Let the glory of Almighty God move in this assembly today by the power and the authority of Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands once more unto the Lord. Amen. You can be seated in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> there is beliefs that are not um, that are certainly contrary to what the word of the Lord says and tells us how we are to be worshipers. There are many false doctrines and many false religions and many false prophets. The Bible says in the last days that false prophets will arise and they will deceive many. It is important to have truth. And I want to take a time out this morning to say how thankful I am to know that Jesus Christ is Father, Son and Holy Ghost. I am so thankful today to be blessed with the knowledge of who God is. I am so thankful today to know the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of the salvation and truth about the gospel. Amen? Amen. Out of all of the billion people in the world today, you are blessed to be sitting in the apostolic church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And so I would like to contend tonight that the most important need, or this morning rather, the most important need in the world is to have a saving spiritual knowledge of who Jesus Christ really is. He's more than a prophet. He is more than the long-haired guy with eyes. As a matter of fact, that's not even Jesus in those old paintings of old. He's more than that. He is more than just healer. He is more than just a deliverer. But he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He is Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nissi. He is all of these things. He is the I am. And I'm thankful for that. And so what could possibly be more important than knowing who your God is? And I'll answer that question for you. Nothing is more important than knowing who your God and who your Savior is. And this cannot be attained by man's intellect. It cannot be understood by man's reasoning. We cannot understand the fullness of who God is uh, by getting a college degree or uh, graduating from this university. The only way that we can receive an understanding and knowledge of Him is by Him. Ephesians chapter number one, verse number 17, says this that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give unto you, speaking of us, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. There is religions going around today. They are uh, being lifted up that try to articulate who our God is, that God is this and God is that. But the fact of the matter is, the only way that we have received the revelation of who Jesus is, is by uh, God giving us that revelation. It's not by man's reasoning. It's not by man's intellect. It's not by man's uh, uh, degrees that we have an understanding and revelation of who God is. But it is by the Holy One of Israel. Amen. And I'm going to give you a a, a, a point here. I don't understand how people are healed of cancer. I don't understand how the dead have been raised. I don't understand how I've seen a short limb grow. I, I don't understand those things. Uh, It doesn't matter how many years you're in Bible college. You're not going to understand how God has regenerated a degenerate bone in someone's body. I don't know. I don't understand. I have seen cancer shrink right before my eyes under the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you ask me, how did the Lord do it? I will say, I don't know. But I will say this. He says He's a healer in the Word of the Lord, and that's what lets me know that He is a healer today. Everything that God is, is found in the Word of God. And so if we want to know who He is, and we should want to know who He is, we've got to go to the Word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God cannot be calculated. He cannot be contained. He can never totally be explained. Therefore, we must daily ask the Lord, For His Spirit to guide us into everything that He is. And I'm going to give you an example. You might have heard that God is a healer. And we can all clap and we can all dance and we can all shout. But you don't really know how much of a healer He is until you get sick. And so you've heard it preached for 10 years. You've heard it preached for 20 years. But when the doctor says it's cancer. And then three weeks later, you go back to the doctor. And the doctor says, I don't know what's happened here, but... But something has happened by the power. Well, he probably won't say that. But you know it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's a bit of revelation that falls on you. Yeah, you might have heard that he was a healer. But now you know that you know that you know that he is a healer. And so, it's sort of like this. God is good, and because God is good, we like God. We find out that God is good all the time, we love God. Because we love God and God continues to be good, we choose to live for God. Not because He's forcing us, but because we choose, because He is good. And He continues to be good. And we continue to know who He is. And we continue to have deeper revelations of Him. And because He continues to be who He says He is, we fall in love with Him. And the more we get to know Him, the more we love Him. Because whatever God does is good. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, I like those old songs. Some of the old saints in our church used to say, You know, he just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. He just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And what they're really saying is, I'm comprehending more of God every single day. And the more I comprehend of him, the more sweeter he gets. Hallelujah. But without knowledge and without understanding of who your God is, you can never totally worship the Lord God Almighty. Worship does not have to do with those fuzzy feelings that you feel when you get in church. It doesn't have anything to do, well, I shouldn't say anything. It has somewhat to do with praise, but worship is not praise. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, I can praise anyone in this place today and not know who you are. Brother, I can praise you for the tie that you've got on. I can say, man, that is a great tie. That is a beautiful tie. I like that tie. But I don't recall your name. I don't remember. I don't know where you grew up. I don't even know what kind of person you are. Hopefully, being that you're in the church, you're a good guy. He looks like a good guy. But I'm giving you praise because you look good today, brother. You look sharp. You look like you should when you go into the house of the Lord. That's a great outfit that you're wearing. And many people today and many people in this world, this is how they come to church. They give praise because he's a healer. And they give praise because uh, he did this or he did that. Or they give them praise because there's a feeling that they feel deep down inside. It's, it's the Lord moving on them. And they give praise to God. Lord, I thank you. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you saved me from that wreck last night. And they're praising God, but they don't have an understanding of who God is. Worship does not have to do with those little fuzzy feelings. Worship has to do with the essence of who God is. That means His character, His attributes. I choose to be a worshiper. And so on my bad days, I'm still going to worship God. Because my bad day has nothing to do with who God is and what God is. Hallelujah. The old song says, praise Him in the morning, praise Him in the noontime, praise Him all day long. But let me just add a little twist to that. I'm going to worship Him in the morning. I'm going to worship Him in the noontime. I'm going to worship Him in the evening time. Why? Because my God is good. And He is good all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't lie. He is the truth. He is the only way. He is the light. He is my Savior. He is my King. Oh, glory to God. This would save a lot of our bad days if we just realized that God is good all the time. And no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it is, we're still going to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's important for the apostolic church to understand this and to know this because we have a revelation of who he is. And being that we have a revelation of who and what he is, then we are the true worshipers that God is speaking of in John chapter number 4 and verses 19 through 26. It is a responsibility for the people of God to worship worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And let me just pause for a moment and say something about worship. Worship is not like a faucet that you turn it on and you turn it off. You don't just turn on worship and then turn it off, kind of like we do praise. Preacher gets to the platforms and let's clap your hands into the Lord and then we're done. Let's shout, we shout, and we're done. Worship's not like that. You worship the Lord seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You worship the Lord everywhere you Go. And this is the responsibility of the apostolic church. I pastor a first generation church. They have all pretty much come into church um, under our ministry. They came from all types of dysfunctional backgrounds. Many of them have come from broken homes. They have come from desolate um, families. Families that I'll even go as far to say pagan doctrines and pagan Uh, rituals in their families and so they come into church and they are very dysfunctional and how many of you know that you were probably dysfunctional too before the lord came into your life and i noticed that um when they came in and got the holy ghost and baptized in jesus name that that they would make some changes in their life in accordance to the word of god that they were reading and hearing But I did notice that there were some voids in their life. There was still some of that false teaching left in them. um, That we could worship the Lord on Sunday, but not worship the Lord on Monday. We could come into the house of God and and praise the Lord on Sunday and, and get a blessing from the Lord. But then we're cussing on Monday and Tuesday. And then we pray back through on Wednesday. And that is a lie from the pits of hell. You do not need to live like that. God has called us. He is seeking for us to be worshipers, a godly example, wherever, whenever, whatever time it is, all the time, we're going to be a godly example, okay, a few months ago, I was preaching um, in uh, Sacramento, California, and I had been preaching a couple different locations, and so I, I usually pack as light as possible, but this particular trip, I had to have a big bag, and a smaller bag as well, the preacher was letting me out at the hotel, and and usually I'll just take my bags and go to the hotel room. And uh, I don't need any help. But this evening I did. I didn't have enough hands to carry the bags that I had. And so the pastor said, well, let me help you up to your room. And he went to the desk and we checked in. And he took my bags up to the room. And as we went into that hallway, um, I don't have the best of hearing. The other pastor said, man, I, I hear something that sounds like a prayer meeting. I hear something that sounds like a prayer meeting. As we got closer to my hotel room and I opened the door and started putting bags, the pastor said, brother, there is a prayer meeting going on right across the hallway. I said, really? And I I started to hear it. I said, well, let's see, two preachers. It's about 930 at night. Two preachers, 930 at night in a strange hotel Prayer meeting across the hall. I said, I think we need to knock on the door. He said, I think so too. I think God is just leading us this direction. Matter of fact, we were just talking about how God is going to move and God is going to direct our path. We were pulling up into the Hilton Garden Inn. And, and he was saying, yeah, the Lord's going to start bringing people in front of us. That I said, I believe that. And so, the Lord's moving. We knock on the door, no answer. And I'm telling you, this person was praying the house down. I knock on the door again. He just keeps on praying. I knock on the door again. He just keeps on praying. And then I realized, well, maybe he thinks I'm hotel security. Come and stop him, and he's not going to let me stop him. So I knocked on the door. I said, hey, I'm not hotel security. There's two preachers standing outside your door, and we hear a prayer meeting going on, and we want in on it. And so he came to the door and he opened up that door. And when I, I seen his face, I recognized him a little bit, but I knew I didn't know him. And uh, he said, well, praise the Lord. I'm on a I'm on a prayer line right now. I thought prayer line. What kind of prayer line are you talking about? He said, it, it's, it's a, a thing I started a little while ago. People just called in. Uh, this number, it's not on the radio or anything, but there's 200 people on the phone right now. And Pastor, I, I just believe that God sent you here to knock on my door because you, you're going to pray over us. You're going to pray. Uh, go into your room and call this number and put in this pin code. And, and so I went in the room and I called the number and I dialed in the digits and started to pray. Then I, I turned it to Pastor Young and Pastor Young started to pray. And uh, we had some good prayer. And people were speaking in tongues. The Lord was moving on that phone line. Well, we hung up the phone. The prayer was over. The preacher came over to our room and said, oh, I'm so thankful that you guys showed up. I just feel the Holy Ghost. I feel a kindred spirit. And uh, I said, well, man, why are you here? He said, I'm preaching for a, a preacher in Sacramento tomorrow at 530. I said, well, I'm preaching for this preacher in Sacramento tomorrow at 10 or 1030, whenever it started. I said, I want you to come out and be with us. He said, well, I will. I said, well, great, awesome. So he went to bed. I went to bed. In the morning, uh, he texts me and said, hey, are you still going? I said, well, I'm still going. (laughs) Yeah, I'm preaching. Are you still going? He said, yeah, I'll meet you in the lobby. And so not only did he meet me in the lobby, there was 10 other people that he was bringing to church, uh, including the pastor and the pastor's wife of who he would be preaching for later on that night. I said, "Well, praise the Lord." We all went over to church, and I had a deep revelatory message that I was going to preach that was going to blow everybody's mind. I mean, it was going—it mm, was powerful. But when I seen them coming, I got my fishing pole out, and I said, "We're going fishing today." There was twelve hundred people sitting in that congregation. I said, "I really don't care about those twelve hundred today. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm just going to preach to them people right over there." And so we came there, and I preached on Jesus' name baptism. They were of an affiliation that did not believe in Jesus' name, baptism. And I began to preach it, and preach it, and preach it, and preach it. At the end of the message, end of the altar calls, uh, Pastor Young and I went up to them and greeted them and welcomed them. And uh, the pastor's wife came up to Pastor Young and I and said, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Well, praise God. The preacher that we had talked to that was praying in the room came up and he said, Doc, I just want to let you know I have been baptized in Jesus' name. I said, well, praise the Lord. We didn't have time to really get into it all that much um, right then and there, but we, we said our goodbyes. We exchanged contact information. And last night he sent a post out on um, a, a church website. He uh, made a little post and said, Hey, somebody tell me what God is to, to, to you. Is he a healer? Is he a deliverer? Somebody testify the goodness of the Lord. And so I just couldn't resist. My testimony was a little different than everyone else's. They started saying, Oh, he's my way. He's my provider. He's there. And it was all about them. And I said, Well, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to go into worship mode. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I left that on there for a little bit. See what anybody would say. And pretty soon I, I got people to like it. He comments and said preach, preacher. I said, well, if you're going to say preach, preacher, then I'm going to go ahead and really preach. I said, he is Alpha Omega. He is Lion King. He is the King and the servant. He is the Father and the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. And as it went on and went on and went on, he, he started saying, brother, preach on, preach on. I said, I want to let you know that Jesus and the, uh, Jesus is the Father. And Jesus is the Son. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost. There is no such thing as a Trinity. He is the fullness of the Godhead. And so he sent me a private message last night. He goes... Pastor, I see it. I see that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead. But I see it. Oh, I see it. I see it, preacher. I wish the whole world would see what I'm saying. I want to tell this to the church of the living God today. We have a responsibility as apostolics to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be seated. It says that the Father seeketh true worship Him. To worship in spirit and in truth. And so, this verse implies that there is a correct way to worship the Lord. It also implies that there is an incorrect way to worship the Lord. Matthew chapter number 7 verse number 15 puts it like this. It says, Beware of the false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly are ravening wolves. First Corinthians 11 and 19 says it like this. For there must also be. Be heresies among you. There is going to be heresies. There is going to be um, all types of false doctrines around us and amongst us. But we have got to hold steadfast to the truth. I'm going to mention someone that you might know, but there is a well-known preacher, a well-known preacher that his roots started in an apostolic church. He received the Holy Ghost. He was baptized. In Jesus' name, He pastors one of the largest churches in the United States of America. If I said His name, you would know it. Many preachers are um, enamored with the way that He preaches the gospel. They're enamored with His delivery. They're enamored with His style and flash. And many saints of God, saints that are in apostolic churches go and buy his preaching tapes because, well, he really is apostolic, don't you know? And, and so uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he was in a meeting, um, and the, the meeting was called the Elephant Room. The Elephant Room is a uh, meeting or a gathering of um, Christian, and I say that very loosely, Christian preachers that are seeking the truth. They want to know the truth. They want to talk about everything and anything. Nothing is off limits. And so they sit this preacher down. And this preacher uh, is very uh, knowledgeable of the Word of God. He is very much in the spotlight. And they ask him a question. Because for years and years and years and years, he has said that he does not believe in the Trinity. So they ask him, Sir... Do you still not believe that there is a such thing as the Trinity, a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And he says, no, I have changed my mind on that stance. I do believe that there is a Trinity. I believe God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. And the Trinitarian preachers that were asking the question were rejoicing. Then he tried to appease his apostolic followers by saying, I I still don't really like the term persons. I prefer the term manifestations. And he's trying to have it both ways here. I want to tell the church of the living God that you need to hold fast to your shepherd and to your pastor. There should be one voice in your life. One voice in your life. Not multiple voices. Amen. If you want to hear preaching... You listen to your pastor or the preachers that your pastor say are okay to listen to. Throw out all the other stuff that's contrary to the Word of the Lord, Amen. Because the Bible says there's going to be heresies among us. The Bible says that there's going to be some sheep that are really ravening wolves. We've got to be careful of who we put in front of our eyes and who we put uh, or who we allow to touch our ears. Someone we'll say Amen to that. I want you to go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 3. senior pastor said this was more of a teaching session today, and I I just love teaching the word of the Lord. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 7. The Lord is writing to the church of Philadelphia. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and here it is, and hast not denied my name. My my Lord, we can't deny the name of Jesus. It says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come to worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. I want you to to, to understand the last portion of that. I will make them, those that don't uh, accept me for who I am, those that deny my name, I will make them come and worship before thy feet and to know. The reason why they don't worship is because they don't know. And to know that I have loved thee. And so, there is false worshipers. And there is uh, false doctrines. Again, knowing your God matters. Amen. The verse, John chapter number 4, verse 23, also says that the Father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and truth. Now, I stand at attention every time the Lord says that he is seeking something. I want to be a worshiper. Amen. So, worship has everything to do with the essence of God or the makeup of God, His Godhead, His character, His attributes, and we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. If our image of God is anything other than God's declaration of Himself, then we are deceived. I'll say that again. If our image of God in our mind is anything other than God's declaration, From the word of God, God's declaration of Himself, then we are fundamentally flawed and we are wrong. He says He's holy, then our image should be holiness. Uh oh. Praise Praise God. Now, I, I want us to go into the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle, and this is where worship was done in the Old Testament. It was done. In the tabernacle. The tabernacle had three compartments. It was the outer court. The inner court. Or also known as the holy place. And then there was the holy of holies. So one tabernacle. Three compartments in that tabernacle. The outer court. The inner court. Or holy place. And the holy of holies. Each one of these compartments in the tabernacle. Had some type of light. And light. The Bible says that he is the light. He is the light. Amen. Light shineth into the darkness, darkness comprehended it not. So in the outer court, there was the natural light. And the natural light is light such as moon, sun, stars. The natural light. The light that lightens up the earth. The Lord said, let there be light and there was light. That is the natural light. And so in the outer court, there's the natural light. And in the outer court, that was the place where sacrifices were made sacrifices unto the Lord, repentance, sacrifices, so on and so forth. We're not getting into the whole tabernacle today. But the outer court, natural light, sacrifices. It is the easiest place to go into. It's the easiest place to go into. We can all come into the house of God and we can lift up holy hands and, and, and we can praise the Lord and we can give him the sacrifices of praise and the sacrifices of thanksgiving. But in order to go deeper and further into the tabernacle and closer to the potency and the purity of God, then we must leave the outer court and go to the inner court. And in the inner court, it is a place of service. The priest, he had to uh, manage the showbread. He had to take care of, of uh, the golden candlesticks and the menorah. He had to take care of, of, of all of the... Um, Articles and furniture that were in the inner court or the most or the holy of holies. I'm sorry, the holy place. And so it was that we, too, we come in and we praise the Lord. We get filled with the Holy Ghost. And now we go from just um, a casual observer. We go into a place of service. Amen. Where we're cleaning the tabernacle. We're showing up for outreach. We're knocking on doors. We're serving our pastor. We're serving our king and our savior. We're doing that. It's the inner court. In the inner court, there is light. And the light comes from the golden candlesticks or the menorah. And it is what we call a produced light. A produced light. Kind of like the lights that are on this wall here. It's a produced light. It comes from energy. It comes from electricity. It's man-made light. Amen. And while we must serve, and while we must have sacrifice, and while we must do all of these things... It is the will of God for us not only to visit the outer court and the inner court, but to push further and go into the Holy of Holies. But this is the requirement in the Holy of Holies. In or beyond the veil, everything that's beyond the veil is all about God. And so it's not about how are we going to pay the bills next week. It's not about our problems. It's not about our situations. It's not about our fear. It's not about our failures. It's not about anything about us. It's all about God. Now there is no produced light in the Holy of Holies. And there is no natural light in the Holy of Holies. The only light that you will find in the Holy of Holies is the supernatural light that comes from God and God alone. And I would like to define that as when we worship. We're going to past, go past the natural light. We're going to go past the produced light. And we will go into a realm and we will go into an area where it's only the supernatural light of God Almighty. That's when people are healed. That's when people are delivered. That's when the chains and bondage of sin is broken. Hallelujah. Well, are you minimizing sacrifice and service? Absolutely, absolutely not. It's a progression in and it's a progression out. You can't just go into the Holy of Holies until you go through sacrifice, until you go through service. That's what a true worshiper is. And this world likes to teach us that we can bypass sacrifice and we can bypass service and we can go directly into the holy of holies and and, and just, you know, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. God's going to give you what you want and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, sir. I'm sorry. I beg to differ. You're going to have to go through sacrifice. And I tell my church at home, if you sit on your pew and you don't do nothing for God, you're probably going to go to hell. Now, if I'm wrong, pastor's going to fix it. But that's what I tell people at my church. Because you've got to serve. Don't tell me you're a worshiper if you don't serve. I'm a worshiper. I want to emulate everything that my God is. And He was a servant. And they hung him high. They stretched him wide. On the cross, he hung and he died. He was a servant. So we must be servants. Sacrifice. Service. Now we can go into the Holy of Holies. And see the supernatural light of God Almighty. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time into the Lord. Give me five more minutes and I'm done. <clears throat> and so the Holy of Holies, you don't bring your problems there. It's not about you. Everyone say, it's not about me. About me. Now, I've been around some people that they sing the song. I want to talk about me. You ever been around people like that? You get around them, it's I, 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 I. feel like you're saying. Let me tell you about the I am. It's not about you. Amen. That's powerful. That's deep. That's prophetic. Receive that, okay? John chapter number 4, verse number 19. Let's run back there again. John chapter number 4, verse number 19. And the Bible says, let me pull it up here. am getting used to using this new fandangle thing up here. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye know not what you worship. What the Lord is trying to say is you just don't have an understanding. It's not about the mountain. And it's not about Jerusalem. Ye worship what ye know not. It's not about the place. It's about the person. Oh, that's a great oneness of God. That's a great, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah verse. It's not about that mountaintop any longer. And it's not about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is known as the most religious, or it's also called the holy city. It's not about Jerusalem, and it's not about the mountaintop. It's about the person that you're worshiping. It's not about the place. It's about the person. And we, as the people of God, need to understand that we don't worship buildings. We worship the person, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I I don't know if I agree with you. Well. If you went into the Holy of Holies, they didn't even have any furniture in there. Except the ark of the glory of God was there. It was about him. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I I do want to say this. It's not only about the person. Because Peter had a revelation and understanding of who God was. Who do men say that I am? Peter said, oh, 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 art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus turned to him and said, Ah, yes, flesh and blood have not revealed this. End, but my father which is in heaven upon this rock. Will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. He understood the person. He was a worshiper. But then three verses later, the Lord tells him what his purpose is. And my purpose is, Peter, I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to hang. I'm going to die. I'm, a, I, I'm going to leave you. And I could just imagine the feelings of Peter. Oh, the one that authenticates my ministry, my king and my master, the one that found me fishing for fishes and now made me a fisher. Of, he's going to leave me. He's my leader. He's my king. He's my master. He's going to leave me. And so he speaks up and says, no, that, that's and I'm paraphrasing now. No, that's not the will of God. Absolutely not. The Bible even says that Peter rebuked Jesus. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. Three verses. He had a revelation of who God was. The Lord says, Upon this rock will I build my church. Now, three or four verses later, he calls him Satan. That's powerful. And what Jesus was saying is, It's not only about the person you've got to know who the person is. And when you know who the person is, you're going to know what the purpose of the person is. And so it's not just knowing, hey, I love Jesus Christ. It's getting to know Him so much that you know who His purpose is. You know what His purpose is. Because that's what real worship is. It's emulating your Master. It's emulating the that He teaches. It's emulating the things that He does. And if ever before in this world we need true worshipers, it is today. And so, what is worship? Worship is more than clapping our hands. It's more than dancing and shouting. It's part of it. But it's more than that. It's being who Jesus Christ is. Why do we knock on doors? Why do we invite people out to church? Because we're worshipers. We're worshipers. We love Him so much, we've got to tell the whole world. Hallelujah. Has anyone ever just been someplace and a burden hits your heart so strongly for someone? Huh. I have, I have a much like a pastor in this area that we can go to the same restaurant. And I am a creature of habit. And so there's a place called Jedi's. And it's a couple minutes from my church. And I will go there multiple times per week. And I like the same waitress every time. I don't want to change. I don't even have to, she don't give me a menu. She knows what I want. She just puts the order in. She knows what I want for breakfast. She knows what I want at night. All she does is go, same, yeah. And she brings me what I want. I like that. I've got such a burden for Beverly, though. And, you know, this burden, maybe the first time I went and, you know, got to know her a little bit, maybe the second time, that's when I started telling her, hey, I'm a pastor, you need to come to my church, and she kept saying, nah, I would love to, but I work on Sundays. And so I thought, man, she's just giving me this whole work on Sundays thing every time. I'm a, I know what kind of personality she is now. I, I think I'm going to try to pull some strings, push some buttons. I said, Beverly, you've told me that several times that you'd like to come. I just think you're scared. And she looked at me and she goes, now she is much older than I am. She goes, honey, I ain't scared. I said, Beverly, I think you are scared. That's why you're not coming to church. She goes, let me just tell you something about me. She says, I grew up in the mountains in Kentucky. And when we came to church, we passed around rattlesnakes. Do you do that in your church? I said, well, sis, you might have me beat on that one. (laughs) She goes, we speak in tongues. We talk in tongues. We do all that. And and then we get bit by snakes. I said, really? I said, how many times your pastor gotten bit? Oh, 43 times, something like that. Well, no, we don't do that at our church. We don't do that at our church. I'm going to have a burden for Beverly. Amen. No. Okay, there's no bag back there. Great. (laughs) But I thank God for placing a burden in my heart. She's not in church yet. She's never even been to church. I've been going to that restaurant for four, five, five years. She hasn't come one time, but she's going to. She's going to. I'm not going to quit worshiping my God every time I walk in there. I'm not going to quit telling her about the truth of the living God. And this is what I'm saying today. Make a long story short. We should be worshipers. If we are worshipers, it's going to change the way we act. It's going to change the way we talk. It's going to change the way we witness. It's going to change the way we praise. It's going to change the way we give tithes and offerings. Because we're worshipers. If you're a worshiper, stand to your feet and give God praise. Hallelujah.
1: Moment, lift our hearts with our hands. Let's love him. Thank God for the good word of the Lord. Chapter and verse. Subject matter. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I need your glory. I want your glory. Less of me and more of you is what I need. Come on, lift your hearts. Come on now, take a Show moment. Let your mind on him. Show me. Come your power. on now. He is so holy and great. Bless me. Oh yes. More of you is what I need. Show me your glory. Oh Lord. I want your glory. Bless me yeah, and more Lord. of you. Show me your glory Come on, now Lord once Hold on Lord. Thank you, Jesus Less yes. of me and more of you Is what I need Oh, show me your glory Yeah Show I'll me your, your power Thank you, Lord, Lord less of me, Amen. less of me And more you, of you Is what Show me your glory. Well, Show me you your, so your power. Less of me, less uh-huh. of me. More of you is what I need. Thank you, Lord. So many times I've tried my way, but all of the pain would go. So many times I've found my way, and all of the pain just goes away. only you, you give me this love that Lord. is so true. So me Your glory, oh so me, your glory, Lord, your glory, So me Your power. Come on now, There's some me and more, more of You is what I need show me your glory show me your glory show me your power Lord I want to see your power there's some me and more of you it's what I need show me your glory show me your glory show me your power